Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. We are sponsored today by St. Martin's Press, publisher of John Kasich's new book, Two Paths, A Plan to Reclaim the America We Love, One Nation Under God Indivisible. Learn more at twopathsbook.com. Always delighted to welcome Alice Lloyd to the podcast. You are our resident Title IX college sexual assault investigation expert. Oh, good. Before we jump into the lay of the land today, very quickly, what do you mean Title IX? In 1972, the um, amendments to the Higher Ed Act included a, a very equal rights amendment, um, the statute that you know required equal treatment for, for men and women at colleges and universities, um, which has uh, brought us today, among other things, equal support for men's and, and, and women's college athletics. As, as, and that's what Title IX used to mean culturally. And now, for the most part, it means something uh, something darker. And that's because of a letter from the Obama. Well, in part, it's because of a letter from the Obama administration. Tell everyone about that letter. So the 2011 uh, Dear Colleague letter required internal um, adjudication of um, charges of sexual misconduct on campuses and that colleges needed to set up basically their own little court systems internally to investigate and decide disciplinary actions you know, in response to allegations, mostly brought by young women against young men, and were set up in such a way that did not require any particularly rigorous trial structure and permit um, the, the, you know, the kind of emotional reasoning that, that, that anyone is capable of, right? If a young woman comes to you and says something happened to her, any good person is going to want to believe her. The process that the guidance required colleges to to create, it, it, you know, and otherwise um, they'd be put on put on a, a sort of a, a list, a shameful list. Double risk secret losing, probation. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You don't want to he be double it. secret he probation. Yeah. <laughs> Basically just fed into a type of a sexual paranoia that was already present in the culture. Um, and, and When you and, say and, the culture, do you mean... The culture at large, or do you mean campus culture? I think kind of it's both, probably, but but certainly, you know, we I mean we know that college campuses are hotbeds of you know sort of like loose activity, and mm-hmm. there's probably some kind of you know reactionary, puritanical impulse kicking in, you know, at least in my opinion, and I'm certainly <laughs> not the first one to notice it. I mean, the, the these courts are are medieval, you know, it's pre Magna Carta. It'll be the same administrator often who's, you know, judge, jury, and investigator Mm -hmm. and is in a position where they're practically required to make an emotional decision. A wake-up call for me was at a a Title IX conference at a law school here in D.C. at Georgetown, um, an administrator who'd served as – she was the lead Title IX administrator. And, you know, I won't say the college just because I kind of want to protect this woman because she didn't know any reporters (laughs) were there. But she herself was a very progressive person and, you know, incredibly moved and – and visibly upset, forced by the process that was required of her university by the Obama administration, she was forced to make unfair disciplinary decisions to really to really ruin the future of a guy who'd like leaned in at a party, you know, 
And and, and you're, is that an exaggeration? You mean literally? That's what she described. You know, he made me uncomfortable, and and that was what she told. That was what a girl told to her. I mean, these oh are the, my gosh, I would have yeah. been under arrest my entire four years of college. <laughs> All I did was make everyone around me uncomfortable. I know, I know. I mean, it, and and here's what I think it's going to come down to. The, what what I kind of call like a thought campaign. Like they they they're sort of public service announcements that we right. might remember the "It's on Us" White House campaign. And what was so funny is that you had John Hamm from Mad Men right. would stare into the camera and say, you know, combating sexual assault, it's on us. And it's like, yeah, right, John After Hamm. years of, of glorifying it, is. Yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really kind of is on John Hamm, actually, kind of think of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really hilariously sad to think about, mm. that. I mean, the Trump administration, you can't get the reverse of that from the Trump right. administration. You know, you can't get like like Scott Bayo looking to the camera <laughs> and saying like think of due process, you right. know? Like that's really not going to go over well. But let me ask you because <laughs> there there is this nascent movement to confront the Title IX abuses on behalf of young men. And when you hear stories, like you mentioned yeah. the guy leaning in, yeah. there have been publicized stories of guys who were falsely, completely falsely, falsely accused, accused, had literally yeah. not touched the woman involved, um, or situations where they were, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend and yeah. did boyfriend girlfriend things, and, yeah. and then they have a breakup, and suddenly there are a lot the of things. Those stories. The, you hear rape, and you think, oh my gosh, compassion for the victim, but then you start seeing these abuses. I wonder if there's not some emotional parity starting to rise now where people look at these guys who apparently did nothing wrong and they're now declared rapists for the rest of their lives. Oh, right. And there, I mean, there have been, there was a story just this week in um, Inside Higher Ed, which is sort of like um, the, I, it's I think People Magazine for pointy head academics. <laughs> exactly. Well put. Yeah. Andrew Miltenberg, this lawyer who's represented so many of these young men, said that he he's faced with a family um, whose whose son is in is in dire straits and needs he needs his expertise, and and they'll say yes I'd read about it I'd never really thought it was actually like this I know that there's a Georgia legislator that you've written about and I've interviewed him who has proposed yeah. look if there's a campus incident that is allegedly yeah. rape call the police police cover police investigate rapes the the uh, you know dean of the you know gender studies department doesn't investigate rapes the janitor doesn't investigate rapes police do that why not make that a policy the problem with that is that i mean i think it would it would be a state policy right which is mm. probably what this what this administration i would imagine would support right. considering their sort of like you know Federalism. Federalism. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I suppose I hope they would support, you know, a, a state a state <laughs> policy initiative, right? Um, and and which which I think is, is usually a sort of a, a push for states to to consider legislation like this for themselves, you know, whatever maybe like a race to the top for man, for mandatory reporting to police. But even so, even so, folks who's, who who've worked closely on you know taking these taking these issues to the courts. Well, would would say that the process in place on the campuses themselves is much more a symptom of how people think and feel about sexual assault in general than it is a response to the Obama administration policy alone. And so actually changing the way people think about this issue mm. will be a lot harder. And 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 campuses won't want to uh, right. to to change their their procedures. I don't see 
And here's where it's a little weird, because if funding is at stake, they'll want to avoid Absolutely. the risk. You know, right. And we know that. But at the same time, the, the, the uproar is unimaginable. I mean, I've heard, and, and this was fairly recently, you know, I've heard that it, is not, it would not be safe for this, for this uh, education department really to move on this issue anytime soon. But how can it be safe for what's going on now? About half of the students are guys. That means that there are parents out there of those students who are guys. Well, you're going to send your son to a place that's going to charge you $60,000 a year so they can treat your son like a presumed rapist. What's particularly odd about that point um, is that you know we have to remember the original intent of of Title IX, which was um, you know the the higher education amendments of 1972, right? So it was around the time of the ERA, you know, um, and and it's it's gender parity, it's equal treatment for men and women in in colleges and universities, equal treatment for men and women. And uh, it's not not what we're seeing. No, we're not. I want to conclude by you, you mentioned that the culture is part of the problem. And so the schools are afraid to act. You know, I've seen Republican candidates described as pro-rape. You have the situation with the uh, the House version of Obamacare repeal and replace where for 24 hours after the bill passed, you had news outlets like The New York Times and CNN saying this bill doesn't treat rape like a pre-existing condition, and it, and it abandons the victims of rape and sexual assault, which we now know is not true. What kind of people look at the world and see their fellow citizens, whether it's a politician or just a guy down the street or a student on a college campus, as potential rapists? What's sort of convenient is that we keep it super vague and say that say that rape culture is in uh, fact everywhere. I mean, it's mm. probably in all your favorite classic rock songs. You know, it's mm. in it's in those Carl Juniors and Carl's Carl Jr. Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Yes. Is it Carl's? Carl Juniors. No, it's Carl's Jr. Isn't it? There's probably like a there's a weird possessive. S our in email there. our email is podcast <laughs> podcasts plural at weeklystandard.com. I'm sure somebody will email us. But anyway, let go us ahead. know. So, so, yeah. those, so those great those those ads. Excuse me, you say ads, I say work of art. Oh, okay. I have to disagree on that. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, but that's big time rape culture. If you had any doubt, and everybody's favorite Christmas song. Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, oh, okay. I know, yeah. So I, guess say, I was going to say, what's rapey about grandma's got run over by a reindeer, right? yeah. um, So rape culture is everywhere. So the, the, so the advocates for maintaining this Title IX abuse, the advocates for, you know, for this prism, they really do see about half of their fellow citizens as rapists, likely rapists, potential rapists. That's how they really view us? I think, I mean, frankly, I think that any any individual would would you know take it case by case and wow. yet and yet there's a mentality there's a blinding mentality is in it and it's built on this sort of emotional reactionary logic i which i don't know why i call it emotional logic that seems sort of oxymoronic but um <laughs> so hard to not make a gender related joke right now but go ahead <laughs> alice lloyd we will leave it there thank you so much for thank joining you. us for the podcast i appreciate it Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Daily Standard Podcast. You can find all our podcasts at weeklystandard.com or better still, just subscribe to them at iTunes or Google Play by searching 
Weekly Standard. When you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode of The Daily Standard, including our special features, The Confab every weekend and Crystal Clear every Friday. Plus, you can leave reviews of the podcast and let people know that you found content that you enjoy. Don't enjoy it? Have a question, comment, or complaint? Just email podcasts at weeklystandard.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.